our DT systems, the wrap 1400 or 1400 if you like doing it that way, but it's the wrap 1400. It's a collar that is super reliable, ready to rock, and it's super handy because you can hold it in your hand while you're shooting your shotgun during duck season. So it's a cool unit for you and your dog come hunting season so that you've got control over any situation. Anything the dog throws at you during the hunt is right there, easy and accessible. Bingo, bango, bongo. If you don't want that one, check out the H. 201820. It's the DT Systems and it's dog tested, dog tough. Hashtag man's best kennel. It's Gunner Kennels, baby. It's a kit. We had Addison on the, the podcast, a phenomenal dude, always innovating our industry. And one of the things that he brought up is it's a kit. It's not just the kennel itself. You've got the fan 2.0 for your summer, right? Like it's hot out. We got to keep that dog cool. In wintertime, you got the all weather kit. Keeps that poor body temperature in there so the dog doesn't have to work as hard to stay warm. They also have the magnetic door accessory that keeps that body temperature in there. And then the straps. Everybody thinks like, oh, I'll just go to Home Depot and get the cheapo straps. Well, listen, they developed these straps so that basically you can lift a VW bug with the two straps. So if you were to get in a car accident on the way to the duck blind or the training grounds, that dog is going to be beyond strapped and stay safe. Check it out. Gunner Kennels, baby. Slide in the DMs. We'll hook you up. It's force fetch, baby. It's the number one question we get asked. You don't know how to fix it? Let me help you. Let me get you to your goals. We built a course bunch of videos. I think there's 13 or 14 videos start to finish on how you and your dog can get through the force fetch process successfully. The link's in the description. Be sure to check it out and let me help you and your dog. All right, Addison, welcome back to the show, my man. We just had a nice like Precap, chit chat, and catching up for a second. And so now let's get into the show. Welcome back. Do me a favor. Take a second. Tell everybody, you know, who you are, where you're from. And uh, we're going to drop the episodes that you've been on the show with us, too. So if you haven't listened to like your whole life story before, we'll catch it on the other episodes. Anyone who hasn't tuned into them, but go for it, brother. Good to have you back. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, Addison Evans I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I started Gunner about nine years ago. And Based in Nashville, we try to make a lot of products in America and now in Nashville, which is some exciting stuff we can talk about later. And yeah, it's kind of wild. It's been a long day. Just got some kids down. So if I seem like I'm out of it, I am. But let's get right into it. Let's get right into it, dude. Heaven's got this idea for you. So, you know, some of my ads for the podcast and everyone has heard them and probably, you know, thought, boy, he's full of shit. I'm not full of shit. Addison, well, you, you are though, but let's well, get yeah, on yeah. track. My bad. Addison is innovating and his company are innovating the industry. Every time you come out with a new product, you're always putting a gunner spin on it, building it beefier and doing your thing, right? So Kevin came up with this idea to have a lone duck shark tank, a lone tank, a duck tank. Okay. Ooh, a mm. duck tank. All right. I kind of like right, the duck tank. And he's got product ideas that he wants to pitch you. And he's going to go down the list and you're going to say whether you're in or out. And if you're in, you're going to kind of spitball for a second and round we'll round table the development of this shenanigans. All right. You ready for this? Well, real quick. I haven't seen Shark Tank in a while. Uh, feedback you're looking for. Like we're not obviously talking numbers, but like kind of picking at the idea to prove it out. 
Yeah, yeah all, all these them. ideas are winners. So we don't have to really worry about that. They're <laughs> all going to be billion-dollar products. But yeah, we'll, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Oh, um, do you want to invest and help oh, this yes. badass product? Do you want to be billionaires alongside the duck tank? So sharks. Are you, so ducks. Are you ready? Are you in or out? I say yes. You did. Yeah, you're not like you don't know the show. Come on. Let's see. The dove season coming up around the corner. We need a cooling dog blind to keep dogs cool while they're hunting. I love it. That's all uh, I needed to hear. <laughs> you did it first. Right. That's all I needed to hear. Uh, I will say. Well, keep going. Sorry. No, no. no I mean, if you have, if you have something. When I'm running two dogs and I'm not trying to plug Gunner because that's lame. But with a fan parked in the shade with ice in the kennel, and I don't even use a cover, like during dove season, I'm constantly checking on the other dog, and it keeps it really, really cool. Now, granted, you can't hunt out of it, but I think that's a great idea. It doesn't, in, in a blind, it doesn't even have to be like a concealed blind. It can really just be a platform. So I'm in on that one. Wow, take, don't think I wasn't uh, thinking of a, a dog stand that doesn't suck was also one of my notes. That's your next pitch? Yes. <laughs> but I do think one that had like a cooling pad on it, like a battery-powered cooling pad to keep the dog's uh, little feet chilly on there. I'm thinking of down. misters. Like a okay. Yes. Thank misters you. Going. So my next one was, oh, now we're bouncing around. My next one was a misting fan. Your fan is awesome. I really like the, the fan 2.0 that you have. I have two of them on my kennels in the bed of my truck all the time. They're waterproof. I think you had a, an Instagram video, someone just like hosing it down. Why don't we have a mister, mister? So that's a great idea. I put a misting fan from like Harbor Freighter, I think Northern Tool, on my big kennel outside, like the big panel uh, gate kennels. And Bob, I don't know. I mean, do y'all have this issue if you run them, but they get clogged up. I, I have it on a timer where it runs like 10 minutes every hour and they get clogged up immediately, like within a couple of weeks. But for the missing idea, I mean, we did design a hopper that sits in front of the fan and you can put ice in it and then it's just slowly melting and throwing water out there at the dog and just colder air. And uh, we're, we're working on some like some better options for that. All right. Well, we don't need to like divulge. Yeah, we can't go into our, your oh, bad. No, no, you're fine. It's a cool idea. Yeah. And that's how we're going to market it is a cool idea. Cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's got to um, be K E W L. Cool, I like. <laughs> How? Co- oh, all right. Here's a question: the uh, the insulated or um, the dog beds that you have for the kennel that are like yep. wrapped in Kevlar, or whatever. We need a huge one for my living room. Can we just make one? Or how come you, or, or this, how come you guys don't have a big uh, like dog bed? Keep your dog's joints and health safety at home. It's on the roadmap, and oh, okay, right on. Yeah. We will. All right. So this is not becoming Shark Tank and more like getting him for what they're doing. Well, I, like, yeah, how about I, we do a... You got to be careful, Kevin. I feel like we're getting right. into the R&Ds. Okay. That, that's fine. I got a couple other... If, if it's something we're working on, I'll say, and for that reason, I'm out. Mm. Isn't that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Mr. Perfect, we'll call you. I think that's one of the dude's <laughs> names. I don't know uh, which one. Ooh, here's one that I've been I've been trying to get. I uh, remember you guys worked with Andrew for a long time. Great dude. I pitched him this idea a long time ago. I was like, steal this idea. It's amazing. How come you have the uh, nameplates for the kennels that isn't just an American flag? That'd be so, awesome. 
or like a like how many people down south right would have like um their university like the sec logo on there or something like that would be huge man yeah there's some licensing stuff with that Uh, but uh, i am pushing for just custom logos so if you want lone duck on there or you're hunting camp or whatever um i'm working on making that a thing there's just a lot of back-end stuff but that way you could do an american flag so i'm in on that one all right there's no uh there's no copyright on old glory that's Uh, right (laughs) <laughs> well, there is. It's called the U.S. government, but these are like details that you figure out down the road. All right, my last one here. Uh, that's all. I have two more. An RFID chip to go into a, to slip into a dog collar, keep track of the dog, see where it's going, whatever. It would probably be a cheaper way to to break into the collar industry. That'd be sweet. So for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I dig it. Really cool stuff that we're working on. How about, yeah, awesome. I thought about putting an air tag on my damn gunner kennel so when people steal them, you can find that. Yeah. I've oh, got an air tag. Pretty good idea. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing I, I thought was really cool. I was thinking about this today. I think it'd be really cool. You have a, a young dog that I'd love to talk about, you know, coming up in a minute here. Kind of getting into hunting season, getting into the hunt desk game, things like that. Would be pretty sweet to do uh, a YouTube series hunting in different places around where you've done the flyway series with that dog, getting to know the people, boots on the ground, boots in the mud, in the duck blind with your dog, and then you also would, make your way to Central New York. York. That would be killer. That was literally the plan. Uh, just been swamped. Like haven't been able to have a chance to go to the places, and it's it's hard because like. That would make it much more authentic. But the cool thing is Emily goes in and finds the stories and the history and like tries to share that. But I've, I've tried to hunt that area while I'm at the um, World Goose in Easton a few years in a row. And it's something about that weekend is always terrible weather where you can't get on a boat. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to hunt there this year. But yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of like in a perfect world if we had a bunch of time, that would be the deal. Yeah. All right. Well, that was all my ideas that sounds like we're about to make a lot of money together. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> excited. We're going to be billionaires. Um, probably by a better podcasting setup, better lighting. It's fine. But thank you for playing. Yeah. Glad you invested in all of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good, Kev. I liked your idea. Nice that I owe you. Mona, hold on to that one. What's that? What's the dumb and dumber quote? That one there's for $200,000. Mona, hold on to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome uh fun fact dumb and dumber is i feel like i've watched it too old in life and i i feel like it's overrated i i have had this debate with many people and they're like you're you what do you not like humor this and that i'm like no i just i'm like a saving silverman kind of guy and uh ace ventura those are my jams that's a great debate um i watched uh the naked gun two and a half last weekend and I just feel like older videos and older comedy, you couldn't, number one, you couldn't get away with now. No. Number two, I just feel like anything pre-2010 is even 2005 or 2000 is kind of the golden age, I think, in comedy. Yeah, I agree. Or think of like Caddyshack. Yeah, I was going to say, you could also like go back to like, Yeah. He would 100% be canceled. Yeah. Or maybe not. You know, you think of if you listen to like Joe Rogan's podcast, 
And there are some people that are just uncancelable because they just own like, yeah, I said it. It's a joke. Get over it. Yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not that bold. I'll be PC enough. <laughs> All right, let's get into Shabby, man. Let's <laughs> let's get into it. Kevin, good, good lightning round. I like that. That warmed it up, woke me up a little bit. I feel good. Yeah. Uh, Addison, new dog. I'm gonna get I'm gonna hit some heartstrings for a second. You know, you named your company after your dog Gunner. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that long ago that he passed, and now you have a new young hunting buddy. What was it like? Because I remember mine. What was it like going out in the field on his first hunt without Gunner and like dealing with that and excitement, sadness, both? Yeah, like hunting without Gunner, you know, I think the last season was such a, it was such a bonus that I like really tried to appreciate as much as possible. And then without him, it was definitely like way less um, like emotional, emotional high, low, whatever. Like it was just hunting where to me, hunting is like, I mean, I hunt everything that I can, you know, deer and stuff. You don't necessarily use dogs, but it was kind of bittersweet. And I definitely just missed like my buddy, you know, I just missed that relationship. And uh, it took a while to get to get like through it and be ready for another dog. And I still wasn't like 100% all in. I just honestly, like, if I'm telling the truth, it hurt me so bad I didn't want to go through that again like I just didn't want to deal with that so um yeah but you know got Chevy he's a he's a um incredible dog he's almost two at least he's two around Thanksgiving and we had our first hunting season last year um and it's fun I'm you know we're back in the training mode we're back in like the high stress of like hope this dog doesn't mess up and you're you know those first few years is always like uh you're not just fully enjoying it at least for me it's more of like making sure that you're trying to do everything right um but yeah he's a really good dog i think he's i think he's a a special dog in terms of like how smart he is and even though he's still really young he's got a lot of potential and i, I was talking to um his trainer today which i think we should touch on but you know by the time he's three and a half or four, he's going to be very chilled out because he's still a real young buck, like just a two-year-old male lab, like what, what you would think of when you hear a two-year-old male lab. Um, but when he kind of settles down a little bit, I think he's going to be like a perfect next dog um, when I'm comparing every dog to Gunner. Yeah, those words are kind of what I was, I wasn't trying to bait you into it, but that's that's how I feel. You know this buck, right? Yeah, Buck is the, he's 13 now, 13 and a half maybe. And yeah. there it will, I will probably not own another dog that hunted like he did. Yeah. He never, ever gave up on a bird, ever. We used to pheasant hunt with him and he learned at a young age to get in the thick stuff where the thorns are and that's where the pheasants would like to be. And yeah. Out absolutely shredded he was yellow so like a little bit wet from mud and whatever and then little blood oh he was just covered in blood and he was like the happiest dude ever and just tearing into everything and he'd swim across icy flows rivers and you know be gone for things i would never send a dog on now we would just go get it with a boat or say screw it it's a hooded merganser like you know probably shouldn't have shot it yeah um you know, it's just not worth your dog on those retrieves. But back then I was young, dumb and ready to yep. roll and I'd send them and 
he'd come back 10 minutes later struggling upstream on this river with a hoodie. And it's like they just he he had so much heart. And I did train a little bit different back then, very hunt style, like hunt him up and just a little bit different. And he was a little more independent, which gave him that grit to do it. Yeah. Um, and so every dog since then. Now Memphis has a special place in my heart. She's uh nine, I think, almost nine. And she's been my dog for like my go-to hunting dog. And now um, her knees are killing her. I mean, I, I have to be real careful hunting her. And it's just tough taking that new dog out. Yeah. And you see him like just struggle on something. You're like, are you for real? Like, all right, here we go. We got to teach again and teach again. And just the comparison, I have that problem. I, it's, it's a real problem. Like I'm, I'm less enjoying the moment saying man if i wish memph was here or i wish buck was was able to do this with me again uh have you ever heard uh like so i remember with gunner like hunting with somebody new the night before hey look you know he's really good you're gonna be impressed he might whine if it gets slow but kind of set it up and then you get out there and he totally messes up and it's like my dog never does this like, <laughs> you ever have a my dog never does this moment uh-huh we're about to come out with like a live hats and maybe shirts, but like with one of them is my dog never does this. Yeah. And uh, I think it's pretty good. Well, oh, the other one is uh avid waterfowl. What's the term? I'm not, I think just avid waterfowl, waterfowl enthusiast or whatever. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, I also love, I've been duck hunting my whole life and they're 14. I'm like, right, Hey man, bro. Yeah. Good job. Two years, strong career. But I'm teasing you if you're listening to this episode and you're 14 and you've been duck hunting your whole life. <laughs> yeah, get down to the south and they've been duck hunting since they're four. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's true. No, uh, yeah, I, I I do have a hard time with the comparison. And I just love that old dog that you know is going to do it the right way 95% of the time. And you can you know, just there and enjoy it. Yeah. Like if he messes up, he knows it. You know, it. like y'all know each other without talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Chevy's first season. Did you get to go anywhere cool that was like very memorable, a memorable retrieve from his season? Yeah, I was uh, I was with Gunner, never wrote down like what we did together. I'm sure I fluffed the numbers like um, just because I'm bad with numbers, but I kept up with it. It was something around, and I told you this earlier, I said something like a thousand. And I was like, well, maybe it was like 300, but I, he, he, it was somewhere around 120 or 150 birds last year. We went to Kansas three times, which was incredible. Um, some great hunts in Kentucky. Didn't go to Arkansas, but it was it was really interesting. Like he, he is um, he's a really good caliber, like bloodline. And I've hunted with his parents um, in the last eight years, getting to know Barton at Southern Oak. We we got to know each other like at my first trade show in 2015 and um we've just been buddies but like the the caliber of this dog it's it's probably more than i know how to handle like i'm not a good dog trainer um i kind of just winged it with gunner and got lucky with him and chevy you know like we were saying earlier i think he needs what do we say three more passes to three more finished yeah so i mean that's y'all tell me that's pretty good for a dog that's like 18 months old. Yeah. Uh, so he's a good dog. It's just, he's still a young male and I, I got to learn him and 
that is one thing that's different for me. And I knew it going into it was like, I don't have enough time between business and four kids and just trying to keep everything going to put into training a dog six, five to 10 minute sessions a day, every day. And that's not because I don't want to. Part of it's knowing like I'm probably not the best person to do this when there's professionals that can do it better and it's their formative years. So we have a bond, but it's definitely not like gunner knives. And a lot of times I feel like that's a cop out. Like I'm not like I'm sending a dog off and our situation is a little bit different where um, I'll get them, you know, one week out of the month or it's not like I'm sending it off and be like, we'll see in six months. Like I, we see them all the time, but I don't work with him as much. And when he's, when he's back, it's more about like trying to make the bond better and a little bit less work. Cause I haven't been able to, I'm so used to my commands with gunner and the commands are different with Chevy that I just, I feel a little guilty that I'm like sending that part off to be done. And miles is trainer. Miles Durham is great. He's like thinks of Chevy as his own dog. But, um, I do feel guilty that I like, and not doing that myself because after doing that with Gunner, I literally thought there's no other way to do to to raise a dog or train a dog. It's like you got to do it yourself. You're only going to build that daily interaction, daily trust. And so I'm still kind of working through the details of what that looks like, but I do feel guilty about it. It's kind of the situation knowing first two years are the most formative years, and I don't have the time to put into it. And so I mean. But so far, like, can't complain. It's great, dog. We're going to have a great season this year. So what you're feeling, I have tons and tons and tons of clients that are kind of in your same boat. How old's your oldest kid? Eight. Right. You you got Gunner well before children. He was, in essence, your child. He was your truck truck buddy. Like, right. everywhere with you. Then life changes and evolves, and then you get this new one, and so many of my clients are on their second dog. They did the first one and it was great. But all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I want, I'm not 22 anymore and working 40 hours a week and partying. The other yeah. four. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I mean, it it's is common. Like when people when wrestle with it. Do what? They wrestle with it. They all wrestle with it. Like they yeah. wish they still had the time, but they end up hiring me or, you know, your guy miles. And we, we help get you down the road to where it's like, yeah, if you want to go train and take your kids and they can throw bumpers for you now, um, you just, you don't have to wrestle through it. You can yeah. build that bond from then on. Yeah. And it's crazy enough trying to do it with like, we, we've got another dog rescue and four kids and trying to train. It's just a, it's not a setup for success. Right. And yeah, it's, it's crazy how your, your first dog without kids is your, kid and then you have kids and it's instantly like oh that's a dog mm -hmm. it's going to be treated more like a dog in terms of like not being totally spoiled and it's uh yeah it's a hard situation it's it's i've always said the best deal out there is like a, a start a dog from a trainer because there's so much time and money and effort and vet bills and food and everything put into that dog that whatever they're selling the dog for is a steal like it's, it's worth so much more than that. So anyways, we can, I can get off that rant. No, you're good. But it, it's definitely something that I've had my clients struggle with that are, you know, I, 
I'm 36. You know, you're probably not, you're, we're probably similar age. Like just turned 37 last couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just in a different world now. You're doing the, the dad thing, the business thing, and the dog would end up taking the back seat. So I actually think it's the responsible thing to do so that you can enjoy it this hunting season and last hunting season. Yeah. Now he's going to be running blind by, he already is running finished tests. You know, you can take him in where it probably with the lifestyle that you and other folks live, he'd have been four by the time he got to be able to run blinds. Like you're just going to be able to enjoy him for so much longer with more skill set by doing it this way. The advice I would give you slash anybody who's listening to this that might be in that same boat is make sure that when it's time for your dog to really go home and is kind of done accomplishing its goals, spend a bunch of time with Miles where... Get trained myself. Yeah, retrain yourself so that you get that feel, that that body language that this dog gives off and all the little nuances that he'll coach you on and maybe run a bunch of other dogs that he has there so that you just get that feel back. Right that style and mold into your style and then it'll take you and your dog a little bit of time to mold together too but that bond it's unbelievable like so many people say like will my dog remember me shoot i've got dogs that stay here eight nine months and don't see their owner because they live in timbuktu and then that owner shows up and it's like the nose goes in the air and they don't even see the person there's like are you kidding me they're here and they just go through the roof so it's pretty cool man you still got the bond it's there yeah that's what i was going to say on like when you have kids, dogs become dogs. What I was trying to articulate was if I have any extra time, I'm trying to raise four kids. And that is like very important, you know, and takes a lot of time. And it's just, I'm sure if I was somehow a better person, I could do them both, but I just can't do them both right now. And so that's kind of where we're at. I, I knew what you meant by it. I hope everybody listening did too. It's, it's your priorities shifted a little bit. It's not that you yeah, don't yeah. love that dog any different. It's just, freaking four kids is more important than a dog let's be real and yeah and, and when you go hunt with that dog and the the training that you'll do later it'll it'll all mold into a really cool relationship that's awesome yeah yeah where in kansas did you go uh we went to want to drop me a pen yeah i don't save any pens but it's interesting the like on my time hop um which is the app that shows you like what you're doing that day five years ago six years like we i started hunting kansas in 2015 and I think on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, I realized like eight years ago, I was hunting half a mile up the river. And um, I've even like, I've gone with a couple of friends and outfitters up there and they're like, what's your license number? And I tell them they're like, that's not, that's probably not right. Because it's before Kansas really got, you know, as well known. I don't know if it's less digits or whatever, but um, kind of Great Bend, central Kansas area driving um which 12 hours is about all i can do um especially back and forth and we did some really cool photo shoots and had some great hunts and um it was it was pretty special it was a it was a great first season with chevy for you most memorable retrieve i don't think we we hit on it but i love hearing like a species that was cool or a a mark that just you didn't think he'd get and came up with it that's a good one and i've got it written down to like give more context but it wasn't so much of the impressiveness of the dog like we had i was on a hunt in kansas where we're on a river and the ducks would go to the opposite side and kind of get up on the bank and he would he would find them and it would be like on a 12-man hunt that would let it out quick and like those are really cool but uh probably 
for the last few years, we've been hunting with some friends in Kentucky that is an hour and a half away from my house um, and just kind of a honey hole and good people like just have known about Gunner for forever. Gunner hunted there a bunch. We filmed his last duck hunt there. And um, my first, my oldest two daughters ages, it was seven and six. Now they're eight and seven. Uh, they shot their first duck there last year, the youth season. But we'd always end up there around the last day and kind of hunt all day if we needed to and um, took Chevy there. And it was just, it was really cool because it's same blind, same everything. And knowing like, we had Gunner's last hunt there and Chevy's her first hunt there. Um, the other one that like is a little bit less, I don't know how to explain it. Basically after duck season, before Gunner passed away, uh, Thomas Rhett had a, the country singer had a tower shoot for a fundraiser. And that was actually Gunner's last like retrieving of real birds, live birds. And, and so he brought these pheasants back and, um Barton of Southern Oak was they bring their dogs now to retrieve those pheasants. And Miles, I met Miles and Chevy there, and I realized this was like what month are we in August? It's probably September of last year, maybe August. No, yeah, September, where I realized the last retrieve Gunner ever had was within 20 yards of Chevy's first real retrieve he ever had. And I thought that was pretty cool. And that was like to start the whole season. Um, so it was, it was kind of a really cool moment. That's awesome, man. I think this dog's going to be pretty special for you. I think it'll take a little bit of time, you know, might be the fourth season to really, yeah. or whatever it is, but it's like, yeah. it's hard to replace the one. It, you'll never replace the one. Yeah. But uh, that's super cool that you've got another one coming up the ranks. And like you had said, he's running some hunt tests and it's it's a little different than what you did with Gunner. And he's making some some waves in the HRC game with being under two years old and aiming at being an HRCH before he's two. That's a really good accomplishment. Boom. When Kevin and I go into the duck blind together, you know that we're packing the business, baby. Man, when I've got to pull up on a old Drake Millard, I want to make sure that if my aim is true, that that duck goes down. And I am slinging the bismuth at him, baby. Check him out. Kent Cartridge. Bismuth. At it this duck season. From the duck blind to the holding blind, baby. It's Purina. Our young dogs are eating the puppy blend. Large breed puppy formula should be fed to puppies from eight weeks when you get that little bundle of joy home, that little cuddly wuddly buddy all the way to about a year old. We want that dog to develop at a good, consistent rate. We don't want them to grow too fast, too soon. And so that puppy formula is gonna help accomplish that goal. It's gonna give them all the nutrients to develop their bones, their joints, their ligaments, everything right. Feed that puppy formula till 12 months old and then flippity-floppity to the 3020 Pro Plan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, he, and I mean, he's a looker too. Like, I've been very lucky with my kids and my dogs. They've all been really good looking. <laughs> but he's a good, he's a good looking dog. And sometimes that that is just like with Gunner, he had his flaws, but I'd look at him and be like, if you weren't such a good looking dog, I'd probably not not be so obsessed with you. Like he was a good looking dog, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, too. That's awesome. And uh, what color is Chevy? He's a fox red, but yellow. It's really fun to try to explain to a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. He's red, but he's yellow, but he, yeah. So he's that, you know, good dark yellow. Um, his his dad, who I hunted with, is red, which was kind of Barton's gunner dog, like first dog. So uh, not first dog, but like special, special dog. Um so he's a he's a good looking dog. He's got a great color. I was looking for a chocolate for a year and a half and just couldn't find anything. So I thought, you know, it's probably it's not a if it was chocolate, I'd probably be comparing it more to Gunner the whole time. So I think it's appropriate to kind of step out a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it just gives it a different taste, a little flavor. Buck is a uh, yellow, right? Yep, he's yellow. Memphis, Memphis is black. Okay. Yeah. And then you know what they say. Yeah. Female dogs are different to train no i was thinking once you go black you don't go back but uh i did get a fox red i have one named prairie um he's a nice dog he's a and, re- and he's so th- she's kind of like your latest and greatest of she's who we go hunting with yeah so yeah. now that mom's starting to become retired prairie's bringing up the slack and i took her to oklahoma last year oklahoma and texas and i had a couple bang i went all by myself and self-guided public land and it was really fun really good mental clarity worked on some business projects and just scouted and hunted dude duck hunting by yourself and your dog is very very different and like very special to me more rewarding than anything for sure like everything you did everything that got called in you called in and you shot it and your dog got it and you don't need to share it with anyone or have anyone pat you on the back and say what a good dog that was like you and your dog you and your dog doing it that's really cool yeah and we i had the two banger hunts with her really yeah and and she just like i felt like she came into her own on those two hunts that i i think will shape her into a really good duck dog like I'm sure you've had these moments where you know that the light bulb is starting to switch, that this isn't training, that that crippled's not definitely not getting away now, and you know, whatever. It's just like, she's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so, that's a great I'm going to make a goal to hunt with just me and Chevy this year. Because I did I did that with Gunner later on, and it was so special. And like, I don't know, as a dog trainer, do you think that you would recommend to your clients, like, hey, if you get a chance, do you... Do you think that would make a drastic improvement or just like something really special to do with your dog? Because I feel like every situation is different. And I remember the first time I took Emily with me and took Gunner and he was a totally different dog, almost like trying to impress her. Mm. Um, and then when I was, when it was just me and him, he was so fierce, like it was insane. Um, but I don't know. That's a, I don't know if many people do that with newer dogs. Like it's just not duck hunting is more of a, multiple people type of deal it is i would say i wouldn't advise it on a dog's first season or like especially first few hunts where you should as the handler 
focus on the dog so you can make sure that they're being obedient and staying steady and watching and you know you're there to help them and your buddies can kind of make sure things are going okay in the blind but once that dog is reliably steady yeah i i would i would hunt a few times a season alone for sure just to have that moment of quiet with you and your dog and just enjoy the memories that you made and then go you can embellish the stories for sure come on yeah thousand birds yeah nobody's yeah exactly a thousand birds dude <laughs> not a numbers guy it was about a thousand <laughs> old ronnie bame i call him uncle ron man he's my dude yeah. uncle ron thousand birds I, texted him later, I was like hey i was way off <laughs> <laughs> we were watching we we had a family vacation and we we're watching uh and my dad's never seen meat eater and it was like season two or something and uncle ron looked like a young buck I mean, not as, you know, young. Was it the Dove Hunt in North Carolina? No, but that's a great one, too. This that was season one. one. That, that was like our first time to be on TV. He called me. He's like, can you get kennels to so-and-so North Carolina tomorrow? And I was like, that's 40 minutes from the manufacturer. And I like was there, sent him up, and got him on Meat Eater. I was like. Dude, that's great. Like, that's, you know? that's pretty that's awesome. Pretty that's a great yeah. little story. So yeah. Uncle Ron's huffing and puffing, ripping cigars, climbing this hill in, I think, Montana or something. Some, somewhere. Yeah. And my dad's like, man, you know, he." we're just talking. I'm like, yeah, that's our Uncle Ron. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Yeah. He's a good dude. Love yeah. him. Uh, Kevin had a great question. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask it just because I'm chatting right now. You know, you definitely are a great family man. And we've talked about your kids already a lot. What have you done to promote the outdoors and make hunting special for them and like goals to to keep that a family tradition for you and your family yeah y'all stop me if uh if i go off the deep end because it's it's really important to me like i grew up and my my dad didn't hunt he fished but he knew i wanted to hunt and my my uncles on my mother's side you know they all hunted so like we would go hunting a lot um because he knew that was kind of a passion of mine but i then got to school at Ole Miss and like all my buddies there all had a bunch of land that they've grown up hunting with their dads. And it was like, I'm not trying to say, I mean, my dad and I have been on a lot of hunts, but I also saw like, I was one of the only kids in my high school that hunted and, and, and I, I've seen everybody's trajectories and I just feel like you've got a better shot at being a decent human being if you grow up in the outdoors. And so it's, it's a very important subject for me. Marie, my oldest, I've probably taken her hunting the most. She's gone deer hunting a bunch, um, dove hunting a bunch. She shot her first turkey this year. And when I say killed it stone dead, like you shoot a turkey and they flop for like two minutes. This joker stopped flopping after like 10 seconds. I was shocked. Um, I was really proud. Actually, I was driving her back to the truck uh, after she shot that turkey. And I was trying to tell her, you know, you're always going to remember your first turkey hunt. And I started kind of crying and I was like, what are these emotions? Like I, I, I hadn't cried since like Gunner died. And I, besides that, I don't like, I just, I'm not, I've had four kids in the hospital and I sit there and I'm like, all right, let's go. Like I'm not emotional. And with her killing her first turkey, I got very emotional. Last weekend we were at the lake. My kids were like, let's go fishing. Totally unprepared. I went and caught, a, I killed a wasp and a bumblebee. And I was like, we're going to have to use this bait. Like I got nothing else. It was such a cluster, but I mean, I, I really do firmly believe, and, and it's also like a part of me that's jealous of my friends that had that opportunity growing up to go fishing and hunting all the time and seeing 
how good of people they are now that I, I just really want to always incorporate that. So my original intentions with this company was started so that I can make enough. I mean, granted, I want to make the best dog products, but a really big part of me wants to own land so that I could go and do the land like how I want to do it. And I've never had that opportunity. I've, got, I've had some leases and stuff, but it's kind of different. And now the mindset shifted to, I want to own land so that I can take my kids hunting and fishing on a Thursday afternoon at one o'clock. We're gone. We're hunting all weekend together. And it can be a family event or it can be just one-on-one. I've tried to take the three girls deer hunting last year. Last minute, it was kind of a total cluster, but that was more. It's like if your dog makes a mistake and you're like, well, if I look back, that was really me. Like, but yeah, it's really important. I always try to do it. The, you know, we never knew we were going to have a boy as the fourth. So we had three girls and a boy. So for the first three years, I'm like forcing these girls to be little hood rats, like constantly taking them hunting and fishing, constantly feeding them deer and duck meat. And then if we'd go to a restaurant, there was dark meat. I'd tell them it was deer meat. So like my, she's now five, went to one of our coworkers, baby's first birthday parties. And she went down and she said, Ellie, do you want anything to eat? And she goes, do you have any deer meat? <laughs> like she, just, she just knows all red meats, deer meat or duck meat or turkey. I mean, not turkey, but um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big part of me. And I just, it's, it's the inspiration is from not only trying to teach them about God and the outdoors and like how God made the world and how everything works. Like my eight-year-old Marie, she's, she's now old enough to understand concepts. So we'll be sitting in the blind, some geese will fly over. I'll get to explain to her about the V and, and a beaver will come out and like everything that while we have our time together and please don't bring iPads or phones to, to hunts with your kids. But like we bring a piece of paper and play tic-tac-toe, but we can talk about all of the wildlife and all of nature. And it's, I just feel like it, it should only help number one, but just shape them into being more in touch with, with, nature and wildlife and you know they say like i always hear people say like well you know it's not being passed down like hunting or tradition and and i haven't necessarily seen that in my world but i do know we need to get more kids in the outdoors so that they got a better shot at not being totally screwed up with everything else going on in the world so it's important to me and i, I it's just fun now like i used to be very selfish of i want to go kill the biggest buck i want to go catch the most fish i want to go kill the biggest turkey and kill most ducks. And it's like the mindset shifted to, I want to teach my kids how this stuff works so that they can do it and that they have the opportunity to grow up doing it. Anytime I take a picture of them and they're six months old with camouflage overalls, I'm like literally jealous because I kind of wish that I had that, you know, just it was more normal to hunt and fish as much as possible. So I'll end my rant, but that's kind of how I feel about it. No, I think it's awesome, man. One of the things that I think is special too is the times that me, Kevin, and my dad go. We didn't hunt a lot growing up. It was different. We shot, we hiked, we did a lot of fishing and things like that. And yeah. like, yeah, but it, it, I don't know. I would say things, I guess. 100%. But dad hunted a lot when he was young, like trapped, you know, had a trap line when he was in high school and then you know through life he kind of just got out of it because he worked a bunch and so instead of taking saturday for the boys and going to deer camp he stayed home with us yeah and so it shifted his priorities and so we just didn't do it and maybe i wish we did go deer hunting with him but that's you know the past whatever i'm not 
worried about it. But I had this vision of like, now he's into duck hunting with us and he's into pheasant hunting with us. And he, he's gone grouse hunting with us. And if we didn't have that youth of going and shooting, I mean, I think I was four years old planking 22 rifles at balloons and milk jugs and, you know, nobody's taken, not no one, but at least in central New York, there's not many people taking four-year-olds shooting anymore. Yeah. And I think that that's a, and not okay. I think that they, you know, we grew up with the respect of the firearms and enjoyed getting out and doing that stuff with our dad. Yeah. So the relationship that me and Kevin have with our dad is extremely special because of those memories from when we were six, seven, eight, nine, ten on up. And so I think it builds a close family to get into the outdoors and do these things. Whether people want to hunt or not, maybe it is just taking their kids out and they're throwing bumpers for the dog and then switch and dad or mom throws the bumper and the kid runs the dog. Yeah. Whatever. Get out and do it and have the kids involved in those little passions of ours. Oh, the, and think about the trust that, I don't know, did you grow up deer hunting at all? No. So, no, that was later in regardless, life. Regardless, think about the trust that you felt the first time, if y'all were bird hunting or whatever, and you've been taught the importance and the the, the magnitude of like handling a firearm. And if you're if y'all are working a field or something, you're by yourself. Like the first time you're by yourself with a gun. Yeah. You know, for me, I think it was in the deer sand, but like the trust that you felt that, that your father put in you, you've got to let them do their own thing, but you've got to make sure they're set up for success. Like, and guns are a big deal and, and can be lethal. And so I'm, I'm just saying like the other aspects of emotion and emotional bonds with your children can really be brought out um, through hunting. That's kind of a different tangent, but yeah, I, I, I try to shoot with my kids all the time in the backyard with the BB gun and with the, I got my great grandmother's 22 short and got some suppressors and like try to actively stay involved. I'm not saying I like leave my two year old, Hey buddy, go shoot these beer cans and I'll be back in an hour. But like, um, I think it does build more of a bond, you know, with your children as you kind of walk them through that. Is there any tips that you would give someone who has a eight-year-old son or daughter that is going to try and take them out this season? Any, I love that you said leave the iPads and phones at home. No, I think that's amazing. That was yeah. awesome. But anything else you can think of to make them comfortable and make sure that they're having a good time and want to go again? Yeah. I mean, and there's been plenty of hunts where I'll like take, I mean, one of my kids deer hunting and we won't see but one deer at, at dark. Like it's not all about success, which is what you're kind of, uh program to think hunting is like it's all about the kill and it's all about making sure you get something but um it's and i've been in some hairy situations with like billy when he was two taking deer hunting and where screaming and it's like all right well this deer hunt's ruined um with duck hunting gotta make sure like i'll bring I'll over the top bring enough heaters and uh keep them dry and bring a lot of candy and try to make it like look i don't normally just buy you candy at the gas station but when we go hunting i'm getting you whatever you want and i don't know if that's the right way to do it or not but it it seems to make it special for them i got a buddy that anytime they go hunting with his twin boys he buys those uh nutter uh what are the bars that are like chocolate and peanut butter nutty buddies um and like that's their thing like make something special about it and bring bring something simple like a crayon and a some paper. I mean, we played more hangman and tic-tac-toe and just gotten to enjoy each other being present without 
anything digital. And then, yeah, for duck hunting, I'm trying to think. I think for me, the dog too. Like that's, yeah. That, oh, that's yeah. a huge, yeah. That's, yeah. That's like, thank you because that is kind of tying it all together for, for, for my kids. Like, oh, this is so cool watching him like work professionally almost instead of just the dog that I know that when I come home from school, I can just grab and pull on his ears and like love on. This is him like helping us get our meat. And then it's very important to go and process that, have them help you. My oldest daughter literally cries if I don't let her clean all my doves and all my ducks. She's been doing it since she was four, like by herself. I think at the age of five, she did it by herself, but she, she loves doing that. And there's nothing wrong with getting them bloody and a little dirty. Like that's, that's part of it. And that's, I think there's a ton of lessons you learn off of appreciation for food and not being wasteful and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's kind of everything. And like now Marie, my oldest is eight. I told her this year I was going to be able to start taking her on some more work hunts um, because she's kind of getting to that age where she gets it. She can help. She can it, like be a part of it and not just like still Billy. He's four. He went on his first duck hunt last year. Um, and it's awesome. Like it's so much fun having a son that I can, I know I'm going to enjoy hunting and fishing with him from here on out, but still a lot of, a lot of work for a little kid to make sure that they're comfortable and happy and also having a halfway decent shot at killing a duck and letting him watch the dog work. So, yeah. That's cool. Shoot. I should have wrote it down. I had a really great question. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, when you're looking for supplies to help you and your dog train, we've got you covered. It's LoneDuckOutfitters.com. It's a no-brainer. You can Google it. No biggie. Link's going to be in the description to make it even easier. Whether you need bumpers, launchers, e-collars, swag, LoneDuckOutfitters.com. Check it out. We appreciate all your support. This is a great conversation, though. I I, I appreciate I this. Quite I, appreciate I think about this a lot. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old where I, I try to... That's why I wanted to ask it because I, I feel like you well, you have a thousand kids compared to my my one. But, I you know, it, it's in, it's interesting and it's important to me. And Bob shared about you know kind of like our upbringing and how it was important and how that influenced he and I as as grown men and, and how I want to use that to then pass on and not even pass on, but like integrate into the rest of my yeah. family. Yeah. And like we have, you know, I have a couple hunting dogs and stuff. And so it, it, at this point, my two and a half year old kind of like waddles over and grabs a dog collar and is like, let's go hunting with Uncle Bobby. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm the man, by the way. Yeah. It's because you have a tractor. You have a tractor. That's cheating. And a four wheeler. Suck it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cheating. But it's, but it's so cool, man. So, yeah. so cool. I mean, the first thing he does when we go over to Uncle Bobby's farm is like, go see the dogs and like grab a bumper because all the dogs want one of the bumpers, you know? Yeah. It's just cool. Yeah, and even like the road trip part of it, like that's time with you and your kid. Granted, two and a half is kind of hard to wow. have. Right. But like there's opportunities there to build memories that you might not remember in five years, but they're going to always remember. And I feel so like cliche saying that because you've heard that statement, but 
it's just it's crazy the things you remember from your first hunts and and being outdoors. So you just gotta keep getting as many at bats with that for your kid so that they have memories like that. Yeah. It's evolution. This whole show's been about evolution with dogs, with kids, with hunting and with it's great. Let's segue that into the evolution of Ooh. the bumper. Yeah. That was pretty good. Thanks, bud. I tried hard on that, that one. That's pretty good. I did have a great question. I'll, it'll come to me, and and if it doesn't, it'll be okay. But I was really enjoying just listening to you talk about your kids, so I'm going to let the question slide. Uh, the evolution of the bumper, man. So you you did send us you, you sent us a bunch. So thank you and and your team for letting us test them out and play with them and R and D them and everything and and asking our opinions of what we thought. They are different material than what everybody's used to what was your thought process in the development of the bumper like yeah go for it man let it rip man in 2015 i i I got a big four by eight sheet of plywood and made 35 goals and i thought if i can hit four of these it'll be so much bigger than i ever could have dreamed and I, i think goal number five or six was man's best bumper so this has been on my radar for a long time it's taken a lot of time to get to where we had enough time and money to put into this. And we, you know, built out our R&D team and, and this was the fastest uh, from the start of the project. And I had already been working on concepts before that. I'm constantly thinking of stuff and I'll just email myself a picture idea of a concept or a product. But for this, it, it took about 18 months to get our first real prototype, right about two years to like launching. And, um, it's, it's very frustrating how long that takes, but like, it was really cool to see how well this one came together because for me and bumpers, they're a pain point. Just for me personally, I'm always pointing out what's wrong with the situation. And for me, it's like the ropes would get torn up, would get mildew. If the rope is chewed off, the whole product is done for. And so kind of the whole concept was like a premium rope that's replaceable and removable with a more durable material that still floats well. And then other features. And it's, if you think about it, it's exactly like the kennel. Like for me, the kennel door, a door on a dog kennel should be the cherry on the top. It shouldn't be just like average. And the first one that we made, the door was average. Like I did a crash test and it blew open and I was like, well, we can't have that. And I wasted, not wasted, but like I spent a lot of money on making sure that the door was the beefiest like most secure door and we've made a lot of improvements throughout the whole time but with the with the bumper i wanted to be more durable nothing is really chew proof so if you leave it in your yard and you've got a chewing dog for an hour it's probably going to get into it pretty good but i want it to, to still be operable if the if the rope is somehow removed or chewed off I want to be able to replace that rope and the, the whole bumper itself is still operable so we've got a foam and rubber mixture it's a proprietary uh material that's all the ev uh, whatever fda all, all the different like non-toxic yeah um properties like an and, ep yeah there's EPA there's like, or bp bpa is that like the water bottle things where it's like it's, not gonna yeah it's basically safe for your dog i don't know yeah. <laughs> fair well, enough dude yeah <laughs> on our podcast you nailed it when thinking about like the, sh- the overall shape, I wanted it kind of coned down in the middle so that they gravitate towards the middle of it. And then 
I wanted the airways in there so that the dog can breathe more oxygen as they're retrieving. And that kind of turned into when I've got this pocket in here and I thought, what if like you can use, you can put bird feathers in there and cap it off. And now you've got a, a scent training option where you're not wrapping electrical tape around feathers. And after two uses, those are done. So I've still got feathers from the first prototypes that are still in there because they're kind of protected from the elements and the dog's mouth and still usable. And now it's, it's got some cool applications where like military and police are using it for uh, drug dogs and like scent training where you put anything in there, you know, and then it's very hard to explain. My marketing team's like top three features go. I'm like, I got seven that I can't prioritize. They're all so cool to me that it's you've got options on the rope. If you want it shorter or longer, you can remove the rope. If you've got a puppy or you want to do power work, um, there's a cap on there if you need more weight, but also to keep the, the feathers or whatever scent device you have in there. We've got more plans for other uh, variations of the bumper, but it's really cool because the food crate was kind of the first step outside of the kennel. And that was a concept that I had a long time ago. And it took like four or five years to actually get to market. And then it's been a while since we've had anything besides accessories that's like, this is what we're doing. And so I kind of I poured my heart and soul into this. And it's very nerve wracking. Like, I think it's pretty damn good. I think it's the best bumper out there. I don't know how the market's going to take it. I really want feedback from anybody and everybody. Email it to info at gunner.com. Like, I want feedback to continue to make this better. But the feedback we've gotten so far, we sold out of the flashers pretty quick and um we've gotten really good feedback which is very you know um uh validating i hate that it's 30 dollars. like that's uh, that's not what i'm used to for what you're paying for but the idea is like you buy a few of these and you don't have to every year i mean bob how many how many bumper how many new bumpers do you have to get every year bro i'm the wrong guy to ask because yeah I yeah like on the side. excuse my language uh i probably got 200 bumpers on this property right now so you know yes every year it's like something got chewed i totally ran it over with the mower lost uh, it lost it whatever um so i am easily in the 30 bumper market every year yeah you know yeah. what i mean and that's but i'll t- i'll take the reins for a second you can stop me if i'm yeah. overstepping my bounds but the average guy or gal that's got one or two dogs they need in my opinion, 12 to 18 bumpers. That, that's because that's if you're doing T pattern. Yeah. You're doing so if I'm doing T pattern, I want about 18 bumpers out there or more. So I don't have to keep replanting and whatever. Yeah. Then if you're doing marks, you're doing three to six. So you're gonna need three to six for that. Then um, oh, shout out to Eli, 10 p.m. leaving the kennel. Man, he worked hard today. Uh here's Jeep with no muffler rumbling down the road. Then let's say we're running blinds. I, I'm going to put multiple blinds out and they're if I need to repeat one for some certain reason, if they're young or whatever, like you just need more than three or six. Yeah. So what I would say to people is you don't need to buy all 18 of these at once. You can buy a six pack. And then as you and your dog improve and need more, you buy another six pack. So you don't have to chew it all in one bite. But over time, you just keep adding to your collection like I have. I didn't buy 200 bumpers at once. I bought 10, 20, 12, right? And then when you get it and you get a quality one, you don't have to buy it again. So don't run it over with the mower, though. Didn't you hit one with a bush hog? Yeah, well, rest in peace. It's gone. Not a gunner one, though. It was a 
regular. I was going to say that's uh, some real product but, testing, buddy. If, if yeah. it's out here hitting them, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a bush hog will do it in. I mean, I know it's, <laughs> oh, it would have broke your bush hog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sending you a bill for a new blade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that, that really is my thought is we don't have to buy, uh, you know, buy everything all at once, but when you buy quality, you only got to buy it once. And so if you're adding to your collection and you got a birthday coming up, Christmas coming up, just be like, Hey dude, I want a dozen bumpers. I want six bumpers. And these are the ones I want, Yeah. And so, you know, over that dog's life at 13 years old, you're still throwing that same bumper to the dog. That means a lot to me. And the other yeah. thing I like for the average person who does a lot of like hunt hunting style training is putting that duck wing in there. Yeah. For me, I don't do it as much because they're sitting in a four-wheeler rack full of dead ducks and the bumpers. So I just figure they're getting scented that way. But for the person who has limited number of live or, or you know dead birds that they can throw for their dog, this is a way to increase the shelf life, quote unquote, of the bird and still get that dog that feel, that scent, that help. So yeah. I think those are my features. Those are the two things that Uncle Bob thinks is pretty important about these things. They're going to last your dog's life. The scent feature, uh, it also floats very high in the water. And for me and a young dog, where you're trying to extend the distance that they'll swim confidently, that sucker floats nice and high, and it helps them drive further and longer to do their, those watermarks that might be intimidating. Yeah. So bright white target. And I do love the flashers. So um, that would be my plug for people is black and white when it's flipping across the sky and across a tree line and stuff. It, it really helps the dog look out there and see it. Yeah. So many thoughts. Uh, it's interesting. One of our marketing guys, Luke, he has a brand new puppy. He's probably five or six months old now, but he sent me a video right when we got our prototypes in, took the rope off. So, you know, puppies will drag by the rope. So mm -hmm. to take that option away, he put feathers in there and he threw it. And it was the dog's first retrieve. And he brought it back. Perfect. In the center, straight back. And I was like, I got chills. I was like, Hey, he can keep that rope off and just the dog's always going to know this is where you bring it back. But be like, the dog can be 12 years old. I want to see him throw in the same bumper. That's what I'm really getting at. And with Gunner, I think I buy six to a dozen new bumpers a year, depending on the year. And they're just a dime a dozen. Like, you don't care enough. Like, and they get ruined anyways. And then you got to buy specific ones for land or water, where we try to do kind of a best of, of all the different situations um we're gonna make some new some different variations like i really want to do one that'll sink a little bit not sink but not float as high but like a a crippled duck you know um and then i'd love to talk about some other stuff we're doing but i think we're off to a good start with it seems to be well received getting into other new products we've had a hell of the last uh couple months we went from the bumper launch in july August is the flyway series, which is the up in your yeah. head. How do you pronounce it to make sure? Because everybody's Susquehanna. different. Susquehanna. Yeah. I, I've been saying Susquehanna, but I figured I was probably wrong. Um, that's doing re really well. Um, and then we've got our bowls that we're launching, I believe, towards the end of September. Um, kind of a food and water bowl designed for everywhere, not only for the home, but for travel as well, where we've basically taken all of my frustrations with a food and water bowl and try to make it better. On top of all that, it's very important to me, and I don't know if it's going to resonate or not, but you know, they're going to be made, they're being made in Nashville. So 
uh, one of our first customers, like when I first started taking orders at the NWTF show in Nashville in 2015, he bought one of those first kennels, ended up knowing somebody that knew somebody and we became friends and he's got this injection molding shop um, and now they're making the bumpers. And I'm really proud of that in terms of like making sure our money's staying not only within the country, but within the city of where we have guys in that guys and girls in Nashville making this product that is in my mind, like leaps and bounds better than other dog bowls. So yeah. I don't get too much into it, but I'm very excited about that one. I think that's another reason why I'm so uh, pro gunner is the American made and, and keeping it in the family aspect on top of the innovation and quality, right? Like, and those are like the, the billboard ads that I've done is, is that, but you're keeping it here, man. You're not shipping it over to get more profit margin. It's all here and your family helps run the business and that your employees become family. Like it's a real community working with you guys. And I know Kevin and I feel that way. And so it's, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and people will keep supporting you because of who you are and what you're building. You don't just keep doing it. Don't stop and don't ship it over there. Keep it up. I appreciate that. I'm not stopping until I have all the different ideas out of my head into the market because the dog products world is so frustrating to me that we're trying to do it the right way. We're doing as much as we can made in America and, you know, trying to do really good customer service, get great. Half of our five-star reviews are like, the product was great customer service was top-notch and i think that's very important it's, it's very much a family our our people our co-workers our family and um yeah we're just trying to I, i'm not stopping anytime soon and i just want to get all of the ideas and frustrations that i've got out in the market and then make them better and continue to try to be able to say like we're, we're what we are about is giving our dogs the best lives, giving our dogs the lives they deserve because dogs make our lives better. And we want to provide the best circumstance or situation or just experience with your dogs so that you're not frustrated with X, Y, or Z product while you're trying to train this dog that doesn't speak English. Um, so that's what we're about. And sorry to get off on a rant. Nah, dude, I appreciate you so much. Kev, you got anything else? No, I just, it's, I don't think it's a rant. I think it just makes me feel great about a person who also align, like I'm your target market for, for your, you know, for your brand. Like I wholeheartedly agree with these things. And those are like the values that I have and the things that I talk about with my family and my friends and whatever. And like, it aligns with what we do for Lone Duck too. Like just, I don't know. Thank you. Because you guys have been supporters of us and we've been supporters of you. Like we... I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Anything you want to leave with? Um, I would uh, ask that everybody check out, grab, grab one bumper, just get one. And then when you enjoy it, then get your six pack, your 12 pack, but just trust that it is heavy duty, the real deal. And, and you don't have to really trust us. You just got to get one and trust yourself after you get the one. Um, but Addison, anything else you want to lead with or end with there, buddy? Uh, yeah, really just like feedback. If you've got up any of our products, like I, we don't want to just be like, and there's the bumper and we're done. Like we want to make it better because we don't have enough time to put into like years of field experience with the final product. And so any feedback, email it to info or call our 
phone number is 844-GUNNER-K. It doesn't hurt our feelings. It's good feedback. Like that's what I want so we can continue to try to make the best and, and rest at night knowing we tried our best. So um, that's probably the what I'm most interested in. And honestly, the most critical feedback is what I is the most useful, but it's also very validating to get good feedback. But like I want critical feedback of how we can continue to make our products better and tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and family time for joining us for another episode of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles. Everybody do me a favor. If you could check out, it's at Gunner. Our, our Instagram's Gunner Kennels, other stuff, and then website's Gunner.com. That's right. Thank you. Gunner.com, but Gunner Kennels on Instagram. Give them a follow and uh, hit us up if you need anything from Gunner or check out their website for that as well. Thanks for tuning in to another show. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey, join our community. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our YouTube, if you enjoy Instagram, it's like buying me and Kevin a beer. Join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. The link is in the description. Click that link, join the community. We've got tons of great videos, tons of great content, and you can ask me more questions. So join it, enjoy it. We did it for you and you're helping us produce a show. So thank you so much to that community. Get in, get out, let's roll. Patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.